Hi, and welcome to the Love, Nature, and Beyond podcast. My name is Lilith Kalista Silvercrow. I'm your host, and I am a spiritual soul coach, psychic advisor, teacher, and mentor. And today, I am here with a very special guest, Maher from Firebearer Wellness, who does Akashic Records Astro Numerology. She is a certified Vedic healer and a psychic among the long list of other wonderful and powerful certifications and skills that she has. And Today, we're going to be talking about the significance of astrology, numerology, and the Akashic Records with Maher. And Maher is actually quite the expert by personal experience, and I'm so excited to have her on the show today. Hi, Maher. How are you? Hi, Matt. I'm good. I'm super glad to have you here. Um, so can you, let's just jump right into this. Um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey into the world of like psychic healing? Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> so it started very early on for me, but uh, as a lot of us do, I tried to kind of subdue it. Um, I was uh, born, um, uh, my father is a Zoroastrian priest, so it's a long lineage of, uh, of priesthood that I kind of had to uphold, uh, but it was more from a religious point of view. So, yeah. so coming into the psychic world was, was kind of a, a little off the charts from all of that. Uh, but uh, eventually I made peace with the fact that, you know, instead of giving them an, a male heir to become a Zoroastrian priest, I would just have to take on the role of priestess myself and so I got uh, reverendship in the order of Melchizedek and uh, and that's where my journey started Um, and and just uh, even astrology was such a big part of growing up yeah yeah that's amazing um actually when did you know that you were truly psychic like when did this really happen for you hmm um so when I started coming out of my closet was about, <laughs> was about uh, I think, a decade ago um, and finally started uh, just accepting that this is who I am and uh, not trying to just um, shy away from, you know, and, and kind of silence all, all the conversations mm-hmm. that I was having <laughs> with my guides. Uh, but yes, it, it first started by when I when I met my higher self, and and when she showed up, you know, um, she just kind of uh, got me ready to just get out of that fear, and told me, "This is who you are. Why do you need to, you know, this is who you are." <laughs> right, right. So it was it was more like you know, you met your higher self, and then she kind of showed you um, your path in this world of being that, that truly psychic person. Um, and it just kind of opened up some doors for you. Yes, that's exactly how the journey started. And then awesome. when I started meeting my guides, um, I just knew that this was so much more important than my fears and my, um, you know, how I would show up in the world. This was about passing on the messages mm-hmm. that people needed to hear. Amazing. So, um, Actually, I want to just share with everyone listening, my hair is actually really fantastic. Um, I worked with her a few weeks ago, maybe two weeks ago. (laughs) And honestly, 
that was the most valuable reading and healing I've ever gotten from anyone. <laughs> and um, my hair actually went through my Akashic record. She channeled from my guides and like she went deeply into like my astrology and numerology. And afterwards she gave me like Vedic remedies, um, which by the way are super specific, but also really helpful for the long term. Um, but she gave me some Vedic remedies that would help me to align to the energies that were working against me. Um, so I, you know, they weren't, you know, working against me any longer. So um, I could use these remedies to kind of help out the forces of nature and such. So, but honestly, Mahara, I haven't, you know, even really gotten through all the list of the things that you gave me yet, but it was really such a transformational experience. And I wanted to thank you for that. Can you just tell me what your process is when you do like a reading and a healing that deep? Absolutely. And I'm so glad that this is so helpful. Thank you for such a beautiful introduction. <laughs> um, so my process is um, the what I really want to do or my mission is to kind of help people find out um, their blind spots or what they're not really seeing, um, which is part of their subconscious and the triggers uh, that the subconscious uh, generates. And it's like a supercomputer. And then your conscious mind is just kind of uh, obeying the triggers. So a lot of the times it's hard to kind of see that when you are in there. Um, so I use astrology and numerology and um, I combine many different forms of astrology that I've learned over the years um, in order to kind of first find that and derive that. And uh, astrology goes very deep into your current lifetime's mission. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the Akashic records go are more wider in terms of your soul's entire journey because they're the records off your soul's journey across lifetimes. So they give um, the rest of the clues, <laughs> the leftover clues of, okay, so this is what you are facing in this lifetime, but what is your soul's origin really? Where do you come from and what star system you come from and, and what your lifetimes on earth have really been um, that and, and certain past lives that are kind of causing certain subconscious belief systems like a certain fear of loss that, triggers and makes us behave a certain way and so on and so forth so everyone's it's a little different for everyone mm -hmm. so i use these two modalities to kind of combine um to find that recipe and then once we find it um then i use uh, the clearing of the akash so we go in and clear some of those timelines uh so that the person is put on their highest timeline wow and Mm -hmm. And then that way they can just proceed. And I feel like these days there's a lot of light workers specifically. And they're like, they've done their work, they're ready. And they're looking for, um, you know, for that, that redemption. So, um, so the, the, that's what the clearing really helps with to kind of really clear away whatever is no longer serving them mm -hmm. so that they can move on to their mission and right. uh, I think that's the most important thing. I feel with so many light workers just, uh, you know, coming into action these days, and it's so important to kind of get them on board. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, what made you begin working with astro astrology and numerology together? Like, what was the process? Um, like, actually pairing those two 
types of divination systems together? Like, was this something that came naturally or was this something that you kind of culminated as a practice to begin with? It was kind of like, oh yeah, these two totally belong together. So that's what I'm going to do. What was that process like? Yeah, I think it was more of the latter because um, I've just always enjoyed studying uh, the the esoteric. So I started my astrology study in India uh, with my Vedic uh, gurus, and uh, we went really deep. And then uh, when numbers started popping up like they always do whenever we're awakening, mm-hmm. I was I started getting very fascinated with them. And then I started studying numerology, and then I started going deep into numerology. And what I've uh, found that they go so beautifully hand in hand, they kind of both give you one side of the story. Uh, although just astrology is more than enough, but numerology sometimes helps with so many things in terms of the numbers you use, um, your name that most people pronounce, if it is in congruence with your soul's path, um, the way people view you, you know, is is in sync with who you are. And, mm-hmm. and that just generates a certain type of vibration because everything is vibration, right? Mm-hmm. So... And uh, and then with the Vedic astrology remedies, um, they're, they're, the the mantras are sound vibration and the gemstones are light vibration. And together, they just create this really um, solid uh, recipe for what works for a person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And can you explain a little bit more into the Vedic recipes for people who may not know exactly what that means? Yes, yes, of course. So um, Vedic astrology is um, a different system than than our regular uh, Western Greek uh, astrology. Um, it is more star-based um, rather than uh, star-centric rather than planet-centric. Um, and the Vedas have a very in-depth developed Um, means that depending on the planets, like if there are certain planets that are malefic in the chart or causing certain um, issues, then as you add that vibration of that gemstone or the color ray of the gemstone or the sound of that mantra, it, it compensates for the missing vibrations in the person's field. Mm. Um, and so, but it, it, it's got to be in a specific way because you charge the crystal with the mantra. It is of a certain size. Uh, it is of a certain purity of the color ray. And um, so in combination, they just work very beautifully. Right, right. That's wonderful. Yeah, um, like I was saying, when you gave me the list of remedies, I was like, this is ultra specific. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, yes, you need an emerald. And this emerald needs to be this size. And then you chant over it 109 times. (laughs) This, you know, and I'm like, wow, I really need to learn more about that because it just seems so specific but for some odd reason I really um connected with the information that you gave me um so I was always just kind of uh curious about that um I also saw in the remedies there was a certain type of stone I can't think of the name of it can you help me with that um so uh there is emerald and there is uh um, it was the one yeah, it's the one you said, um, I believe it was like, um, uh, 
there was numbers attached to it because I know that there's different stones that have like three or 15 or something like that. What are those stones? Oh, okay. Okay. So, um, so I think it's the size of the carrot. So it, it either has got, either has to be three or, uh, five or 11. So it, it has to be an odd number and not, mm-hmm. but very specific numbers because that number itself carries the vibration and that, that weight, uh, will give like a specific size will, will generate a specific, um, auric field mm-hmm. size. Like, oh, for instance, I was thinking about the root. Uh, the Rudraksha. Oh, the Rudraksha. Yes, yes. The Rudraksha is a sacred seed uh, from India, and it is considered uh, to be uh, blessed by the tree of Rudraksha. Is considered to be blessed by Lord Shiva, and mm-hmm. uh, there and Rudraksha comes in different faces. So you have a one face, two face, three face, and so on, and it goes up. And each one has the blessing of a very specific deity. And by deity, I mean that specific energy in the universe. So you're essentially manifesting to tap into a specific energy of the universe and pull it inside you. And that energy is the energy that is missing in the vibration of your chart. So that compensates it. Okay, yeah, because I've seen them and I was very confused as to exactly what they were. So I'm really glad that you're here to explain that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, those are amazing. And I've I've heard that they work, but I also heard that they needed to be um, blessed by a priest. Is that true? Um, Well, yes and no. So yes, uh, with any any particular thing that you start wearing, like for instance, if you're wearing... um, um, a specific stone of Saturn. You want to start to wear it on a Saturday because that is the day when Saturn's influence is the highest. And by after chanting the mantra of the Lord of Saturn, which is Shani. Um, but at the same time, so you can either have a priest have been blessed and done the ritual, or mm-hmm. since we're all priestesses here, we can do the ritual ourselves. <laughs> absolutely absolutely at least that is my belief system that as long as we do it with our heart and with the full faith we are invoking that energy from the universe putting it and the crystal which is always an amplifier captures and amplifies it and holds it in the crystals molecules which then it transfers to us as we wear it right right that makes sense um so when I, you know, when we were talking about putting the astrology and numerology together, what part of those two aspects makes sense for them to be this one modality, like this one thing of astronumerology? Um, because I know, you know, the, the number part of it, like numerology, there's like life path number, there's all these things. How does that really apply to astrology to put those two together? Oh, that's a beautiful question. Actually, every number uh, links to a planet, believe it or not. Like it has a relationship with a planet. Like, for instance, nine, the number of completion is linked to Mars, the, 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 god, the god of war. <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, so, so uh, people with the nine number vibration and as humanitarian as they are, it is considered that they're very uh, powerful in the sense that they can use this raw power of Mars for either really uplifting humankind or it could go into self-destruct mode. 
So, so in <clears throat> that sense, um, that is the vibration of the number itself, which is linked to the planet. So that's how they combine. And then when we get into the complexity of the, the numbers and the multiple numbers and your soul's uh, path and your life path and your karmic numbers, which, which determine what kind of karma you're carrying from a past life, that, that all of that combined just creates uh, like a very specific um, recipe mm-hmm. of who mm-hmm. the person is and what, what they're here to do and, and what exactly was the soul's mission when they were coming to us this time around. Because we lose our memory once we do, but we always come back with a mission, you know, and as we continue to go forward in that mission, then we're slowly going closer towards moksha or not having to come back again. Right, right. So just kind of like, all right, so we've learned our lessons and we don't need to come back again. You know, our soul has completed its full and complete purpose. So as long as we're moving in that right direction, one lifetime at a time (laughs) Mm -hmm. and not getting Mm -hmm. stuck in the same patterns and cycles, because literally most people that we meet or even circumstances we come across are, are part of those cycles that generate those lessons and it's almost like a reminder that you're doing this again (laughs) (laughs) absolutely i know that feeling (laughs) (laughs) you know the deja vu's i really think that's a glitch in the matrix (laughs) yeah i really feel like you know you're you're it's something about like i feel like spirits are coming through saying okay here we go again like why are you doing this again or perhaps maybe trying to guide you to the right path by showing you the path ahead or um, showing you that you're actually doing the same thing again. Um, I mean, for me, when I think about like premonition, I always feel like this is like the universe coming in saying, you know, this is what's going to happen. You have a choice. You can either let it happen or you can, you know, prevent it Mm -hmm. from happening. I get tons of premonitions. Um, And actually before I started working, uh, when I worked with you the couple weeks ago, I could not remember my dreams. I wanted to update you on that, that now I am dreaming and I can remember them and I've been keeping track of them for the last week or so. It kind of happened a week after we had worked together. Um, and so they're becoming more prophetic and a little bit lucid, um, from working with you. So I just wanted to put that out there, but, um, Thank you for that as well. I'm so happy to hear that. I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to let you know that now um, at least I can kind of catch them. So sometimes I'll wake up and be like, I dreamt, but that that's 10 times better than before yeah. where I didn't even notice that I dreamed at all or I couldn't remember. I'm so um, happy to just get this feedback because we did clear, I remember, the, the astral travel processes in the Akash, so. Yeah, yeah. And that was something that was, um, I had issue with previously. Um, but you know, I got waking, um, um, premonitions. I would have tons of deja vu. I would have, um, just, just moments where I knew something was going to happen, like the phone's going to ring or I was going to be in a certain place and it would be years before. Um, like I imagined myself in this place before I even knew it when I moved, 
um, things like that, Mm -hmm. like those waking premonitions. But I never, um, I hadn't experienced in my sleep for quite some time. I want to say somewhere around like five years, maybe. I don't know. It's been really a long time. And after working with you, I actually was able to realize that I was having dreams. And then suddenly the dreams became um, more lucid and suddenly they became more like prophetic as opposed to just I'm dreaming about random things. Um, so every time I go to bed, you know, I have a lavender bundle that I, I like literally sniff it. And I said, I will remember my dreams tonight. I put it in my pillowcase and I go to sleep and I wake up and I'm like, I had a really cool dream and I start journaling, um, which is, you know, I haven't been able to do that in years. So thank you for that. Um, so I just want to put it out there that, you know, if you're having any kind of issues like that, um, my hair is actually really gifted healer, um, and understands how to clear those things, um, that prevent you from even just your dreams. I was having such a hard time with that. And she just completely cleared that out for me. And now here I am. I'm like, now I want my sleep. <laughs> I know, right? Catch 22. I was like, (laughs) oh my Um, goodness. You know, I always feel like um, whenever we do, we can always, I think we can talk to our our subconscious and tell it, but tonight I just want to rest. Like, I don't want to dream tonight. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I know. But, you know, I've been trying to dream anyway because that's just something that I feel like was kind of super blocked for me for a while. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's pretty important for me to whatever our mission is on this, this, you know, on this astral journey that we take when we sleep, Mm -hmm. um, I would like that mission to actually be um, taken care of. And I feel like uh, we spoke about it a little mm-hmm. bit that, you know, maybe I, I haven't been or I haven't been aware of it. And so it's probably time for me to step up and, and actually just do those things and stop blocking them. Oh, yeah. um, I feel like we're in my dream so state. powerful when we're in our astral state. And, and you're so powerful just in you know, your, your regular day state. <laughs> in just, oh, the, you know, you. seriously, the, you know, we have had such a beautiful experience with how you just pick up on the energy. It's, it's mind blowing. <laughs> um, oh, thank yeah, you. And it's like, you're such a clear channel. So I can just imagine when you're in the astral state, how much more work, because I feel like we're doing a lot more work at a much higher level at more of a, a Gaia and galactic level when we are in our astrals because we don't have any of the limitations of our subconscious or our conscious mind telling us that we are these three-dimensional beings who we really aren't and we're so Mm multi-dimensional so I'm so happy that that journey has begun for you (laughs) yeah yeah I just wanted to like share that with everybody because that's kind of a huge portion of my life it was the one thing that I was missing um from my my whole spiritual like journey was that all of a sudden my dreams went kaput and I couldn't find them. (laughs) It's like, where are they? Um, So after working with you, it's like a completely different story now. Um, I'm still working on making sure that I I have my memories clear, that I really know what's going on during my dreams and things like that. But that's my own personal work that I have to 
make sure that I stay, you know, stay with. But I noticed exactly a week after I woke up and I was like, I just had a dream. <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> and I remember it, you know, and just that um, remembrance that I was doing something in my dream was um, a huge thing for me because that's something that I had not experienced for five years. So um, there's that. I think that is um, incredible when you are talking about clearing out part of the Akash um, and also doing all of these things with astrology and numerology, like um, really tapping into like the energies that work uh, with the planetary differences and all these things like that. Um and for people like me who have kind of a diff- difficult star chart, I, I mean, this honestly is like the best reading I ever got just because um, it kind of shed some light on some things that I was really curious about or maybe already knew, um, but it was put in more of a scientific astrological term where I was able to understand what planets were really influencing me um, and, um, learning more about like my, my starseed origin and all things like that. <laughs> I think that is the most fun part, the starseed origins, because it's almost like we, um, whenever we feel like, oh, this earth, I feel, it feels so unfamiliar. Everyone feels so different. And, and so many starseeds grow up with that kind of feeling of being different. And then when they learn mm-hmm. about what their religions are, um, it just kind of, everything starts making sense. And when I first learned what my origins were, I'm like, this <laughs> makes sense because that's where I come from. It's like a cultural difference. I'm an immigrant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you're like a, a spiritual immigrant. <laughs> right? Learning the ropes of this new country. <laughs> Intergalactic immigrant. There we there go. go. <laughs> I love that. Right? Uh, and you feel like a child when you're an immigrant. You're learning the ropes all over again. And and then why would you come here? Well, because, you know, Earth is a cool dimension where you can experience this entire third dimension in its own form. And, you know, you can sense and feel things and create things and it's, you didn't come here to get tortured. You just chose to come here for an experience. <laughs> <laughs> so, but what I always find is that people are becoming more aware of their starseed um, origins or what starseed they um, identify with, at least. Um, I feel like people are becoming more aware of that. And it's not like, you know... Um, uh, what's the word for it? Like taboo to talk about um, intergalactic beings and being a part of that starseed lineage. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's less taboo now than it was maybe 10 years ago when people were like, what? <laughs> so you're like aligning yourself to aliens? Like what's wrong with you? Now it's more widely acceptable. And once people are finding their um, origins, their starseed origins, or at least um, just the starseeds in general, um, It's just been like a huge awakening happening for many Mm -hmm. people. Um, I see more people now saying, I, I am a Arcturian in Mm -hmm. lineage, right? Like I've, I've not, (laughs) like (laughs) when it first happened, I was like, wow, people are actually talking about this now. It's, this is happening. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) And it was just such a shock to me that people were actually talking about it Mm -hmm. and, uh, living that truth, just accepting um, it more, right? What, just like integrating right. it that this is who I am. 
Right, right. And how many, you know, children around our age, um, back in the day when we were born, like in the 80s or whatever, um, <clears throat> even like, you know, the 70s and the 80s, um, those those children grow up and they feel like really weird and out of place and they know things and they've had tough childhoods or whatever, or they remember things that, you know, children shouldn't remember. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, you just wonder about that when you get older. Like for me, I, I had um, the innate ability to kind of tell when somebody um, was going to pass away or like I knew when someone was going to pass away. And that was something that I had to forget how to do because it scared my mother so bad. Um, and I knew that there was something special about me. I always felt like I had a hard time fitting in. I always felt like, you know, I was in the experience, but I wasn't quite living in the experience. Like I was kind of like always feeling like I had these weird out of body experiences as a kid where I just did not fit in and I would do whatever it took Mm -hmm. to fit in. Mm -hmm. And so like, I have this chameleon skin that no matter who I hang out around, I'm able to bend and mold to like, you know, their energy and their vibration so that I fit in, but I always still felt like an outsider. And that to me is like a very definite sign that you have some psychic energies that you were Mm -hmm. given. And, um, that also gives me a clue of your starseed energy. Um, when I tap into people's energy and I'm trying to figure out like, you know, are they a starseed? Are they like just a crystal Mm -hmm. child? Like, what are they? Um, in that, but I find that a lot of the people that I've been working with lately have been some sort of star seed. And I'm wondering if, uh, this vibration is just starting to wake up more. Yes. Um, I think 2020 was like the year that, you know, Godzilla burned the <laughs> earth and everybody realized that they came from another planet. Right. Like what is going right. on? Oh here? yes. Yes. No, I, I, you're so on point with what you're picking up with what's, what's going on. So so astrologically, mm-hmm. uh, there have been a lot more portals that have been open. So even alignments-wise, you know, I've been when you follow astrology for years, you realize that if you were in 2020 and you started following moon cycles more often and you started realizing, oh, there's a portal and there's another portal because I do my, my mm-hmm. bi-weekly YouTubes about the new moon uh, and the full moon. Uh, and, um, Mm -hmm. every time I talk about that, uh, earlier it used to be like, yeah, this is like a regular one. This is not that. And then, (laughs) you know, but last year, as I was talking, there were so many powerful astrological alignments. There's another portal. You have another chance for an upgrade. And I kept feeling like I was being so crazy, (laughs) but it was true because it was what it was. And I had to tell people like it was, um, and, um, so now, they, they, they said there, there are three signs that uh, the awakening is going to happen. The, uh, you would have more stronger astrological alignments, giving more opportunities for upgrade, uh, which means as the layers are thinner, your star, brothers and sisters can reach out to you more to upgrade how you're feeling. The second thing was the solar flares. We've had more solar flares than ever. And mm-hmm. that's, you know, the Institute of astronomy that that talk about it and 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 the solar flare is considered like a flash which helps download that energy because the sun is our uh, our home galactic portal we go through the sun to the star systems and and come back through there so um so Mm -hmm. that with the solar flashes increasing whenever there is a solar flare you would feel 
like symptoms of ascension as 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 some people may be aware of right oh my gosh the tiredness you know your energy feels a little Mm -hmm, off mm -hmm. (laughs) even sometimes like your eating habits have to change because your stomach feels a little weird like you feel like you have a hard time communicating certain things like there's so many ascension uh, you know symptoms there's probably like 30 <laughs> right? in the list that I um, saw. And, and I think it's mm-hmm. because, you know, our entire energetic system is being rewired. Because if it, if it didn't shift and it was the way, if they left it the way it was, then the shifts wouldn't happen. So there is a bit of discomfort in there. Um, but, but it, it's, you know, they're, they're just kind of reminding us of um, our lineage mm-hmm. of what we used to do, how we used to do it, so that we can bring that light on to the others on earth and and help them awaken in turn and it's like passing on a torch and you see the lights come on around everywhere um and and that's Mm -hmm. the mission when you are a starseed to kind of pass on that torch because that's exactly what you came here to do you didn't come here to fit in and you know uh, uh, with you just came here to teach and and then go through your life as Uh, peacefully as possible in the process but definitely doing the mission which is the most important thing now Mm -hmm. in terms of ascension astrologically the graph goes that 2012 is when it first began and the graph started going up if you if you're looking at one of those regular pie graphs Um, and then it it peaked in 2020 and then it's going to continue dipping down until 2032 so the process we're at the peak of the process in a sense. And um, even with, with October to December, there, there's so many strong shifts. And especially December 21st, it's going to be one of the bigger days. But we're, yes, right, the solstice. this solstice mm-hmm. is just extremely, extremely potent, especially for light workers, because we're all going to be completely upped a level from wherever we are. Mm-hmm. And if, 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 if some of, you are getting a sense of um, uh, time is speeding up. It is because it really is. It is because the vibrational rate of the planet is shifting. And this is how it shifts, shifts from one dimension to another. And, and they're just kind of, uh, kind of making sure that we're catching up with the vibrational shift to our internal vibrational shift so that we are an energetic match to the newer vibration that's coming so change is going to be a constant for a while and if any of you are struggling with change mm-hmm. forget about it <laughs> like like you can't yeah. push back this is not the time you will not hide yes. from change <laughs> so let's go back to the yeah. portals really quick because I, I sure. have a personal question and I'm sure other people and I've talked to a lot of people who have the same mm-hmm. problem as well um, so sometimes when we have those portals especially Especially like um, a few months ago, we mm-hmm. had the Lionsgate portal open. Um, we had the eleven eleven, which was another kind of portal. Then we had, uh, and we mentioned before our call today, eleven uh, thirteen. All these powerful energy mm-hmm. shifts. When those things happen, every single time there is some kind of portal opening, and it's one of the reasons why I haven't been able to really um, participate in these, these portal openings, because what happens is my energy actually shifts Mm. down. 
So where I'm usually very high vibe, very high energy, super psychic, like really into that, that flow of energy, my healings on point, everything is great. My tarot readings oh, are yeah, great. You're amazing. My, my psychic work is great. <laughs> I, I, I was blown um, away. <laughs> thank when you so much. Did that for me. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. But when those portals hit my hair, seriously, that energy for me dissolves and it's, it almost takes me a few days to recover. Um, so on, especially Lionsgate, I will not forget that. I had a few clients that day and I had to cancel the day because I felt nothing flowing through me. It was almost non-existent. And I tried to do one of these little portal, portal opening, um, ceremonies or rituals or whatever. And it was just like, I felt absolutely nothing. And anytime we've had any of these portals opening, I feel nothing. Now I can mm-hmm. feel the eclipses. I can feel, um, solar, um, the solar eclipses as well. I can feel, um, any shifts in the universe, but when these portals open, everything that I feel kind of collapses and mm-hmm. I don't feel anything at all. Do you know, yes. um, astrologically yes. what that could be about? So here is what happens when there is a, a, an open portal, right? As, as our, our um, star family and our guides are trying to literally rewire or reprogram the, the neurons in our brain, you know, I feel mm-hmm, like everybody mm-hmm. at the time, there is a reason why in ancient times we would do rituals. So on a new moon, you would do a new moon ritual and, and on a full moon. And, and, and I still so love working with my moon circles. Um, and the reason I do that is because people at that point in time need that support. However, what is more important than that is to really take time and and support yourself through the shift that you are going through. Um, uh, so one thing that mm. I would recommend is doing your own ritual and tapping into the energies. Mm-hmm. Because as the energies are flowing through, if we instead of kind of try to tap in and work with it uh, and do our own inner work, instead of we're trying to at that point in time support someone else's inner work. So it's great. You know, we love doing that and we're here to do that. But from time to time, if your body or your energy system feels like it needs that time out, I would just, um, you know, mark, start marking on a calendar and, and see what exactly is it. It's for some people, it's the full moon that completely takes them off the charts. So I know a lot of... Oh, the full moon okay. is great for me because I've worked on the cycles of the full moon um you know, for probably a good 17, mm-hmm. 18 years. Um, so the new moon and the full moon um, usually work okay. really well with me um, energetically because I've lived through the cycles of the moon um, practicing right. witchcraft, right? Um, so I'm super used to it. And I know if something funky is going on in the universe mm-hmm. because I can feel it on those days mm-hmm. specifically. Um, so I kind of have like a moon journal that I keep track so of um, so that I can see what I'm feeling like, oh, the pink moon, I felt <laughs> like crap or, <laughs> and it just felt weird. Um, so I, um, I do keep track of, of the moon phases and what I'm feeling and what I'm releasing, what I'm bringing in um, because they're, it's mm-hmm. very important to me uh, to keep track of those things. But it is really mm. just these portals. So if there is a full moon oh, and yeah. a portal, <laughs> uh, 
it kind of throws me off balance. So lately what has happened, so the new moon energy keeps me awake at night so I don't sleep very well. The uh, full moon energy also now keeps me awake at night so I don't sleep well. But, you know, um, <clears throat> I've just kind of noticed that um, in any like solar and lunar eclipses that we have, like my energy is just off the charts and it's probably like the best time to ever mm-hmm. get a reading from me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's really just those portals mm-hmm. that uh, drain my energy okay. completely. Um, so I kind of try not to observe them too much because I feel like um, ignorance is bliss. <laughs> if I don't know it's coming, then I can ignore it. Uh, the shift? Is that crazy? <laughs> well, you know, like with anything else, of course, the more attention you pay to it, the more it will have an effect. But if it's clearly having an effect, and if you feel like you, you the effect that what you need is downtime to, to and you know, go through that process, then and by all means, take the downtime. There's also reasons for that. So there are certain people, uh, certain star seeds that come from certain planetary systems that are very, very aligned to Gaia. Uh, for instance, Procyon and some mm. of the others. Mm-hmm. So if you're one of those, of course, you love right. your crystals and you're so connected. But whenever there is a shift in the earth, like whenever earth is being, Gaia is being affected, and if your energies are so aligned with Gaia's energies, then sometimes we're also processing for the collective. So one piece to it is like your mm. own um, uh, growth that happens and rewiring that happens through, the, through that. And the other piece is that you are very, very tapped in to uh, this, um, this energy of Gaia and you're processing it for the collective. So um, when you... When, just give yourself the downtime you need. And if you need to cut cords for the day, feel free to do so. You know, whatever works in terms of mm-hmm. cutting cords with the collective or, or the process that guy is going through. And then the most beautiful part is sending a blessing, you know, to the earth. So whenever you're sending blessing to Gaia, right. um, you're kind of already, as, you, as you're sending Gaia healing, you are being healed because of that connection. So... So, so that, right, and that sometimes right. the rituals do help with that. The, the rituals will also help you really tap into the energy so that when the energy flows through, it's not kind of like, um, you know, like bouncing back and forth, but just flowing directly through your crown. And, and then there is the, the restlessness around it. So, so it, I, I, w- I would say do the ritual instead of ignoring it because that's like acknowledging. Like if you have a fear, you acknowledge it, right? And then it goes. So you're like, okay, I'm mm-hmm. openly mm-hmm. allowing mm-hmm. this to flow through me. Whatever it is that you're doing for recalibrating me, I will not, um, you know, try to resist. Yes. Resist. And, and try to put mm-hmm. my attention elsewhere when today I just need this time for myself. Well, I definitely <laughs> did the opposite. <laughs> this is really good information. And on an astrological level, um, it really kind of opens up my eyes. And like I said, I've had a lot of, um, I've had some clients that came to me and was like, okay, so my energy has been off for a week. Sometimes um, when we get these, um, these, um, these, uh, I'm sorry, when we get these, um, portals or I, like my brain just kind of froze up there <laughs> when we get these portals and stuff opening I, I mean seriously the week after I feel like that mm-hmm. is mostly what I'm healing um 
and it's almost like it throws people out of Mm -hmm. whack, out of balance. And then they, you know, they feel like they're not their selves. And then I've got to do all my Mm -hmm. healing during the week of, and then right after that comes the the slew of people who are just like that really like (laughs) messed me up and I need some help. Um, and I have quite a few people who come to me for that, um, to help them during, um, during that kind of transition. Um, so, but you know, this kind of makes a lot more sense to me and I'm so glad that you're here to answer that question for me because it's been (laughs) bugging me for so long. Um, so I think this is going to be really helpful for those that have been paying attention, uh, to this, to this podcast today. Um, so I think this is, I mean, do you have anything else to add? The only thing else that I wanted to add was like, if you want to start your ritual in the morning, so you support yourself through your process, and then before you start supporting everyone else, then then that would probably put you in a in a calmer state because whatever recalibration they had to do, they're done with it, and it's like you know it, it mm-hmm. it'll keep happening throughout the day, but at least the majority of it is done, accepted, incorporated. And then you move on because I, I know what you mean that at that point in time, there's just all of a sudden, like when my schedule books up, I'm like, oh, definitely there's something happening in the next two weeks when mm-hmm. the alignment. So you, mm-hmm. you're right about that. And um, I'm, I'm so glad that the energies of the moon work beautifully for you. Uh, I just know of people who really struggle with the energies of the moon. And for them too, I just wanted to, to point out that just... Uh, take your own time. The moon is all about nurturing your inner um, self, your inner child, your inner woman, you know, whatever it is that, that, that needs to be nurtured and really, uh, you know, either do it yourself or, or partake in one. And that, you know, it's just like when we're in our moon cycle and we just have to honor our own process at that point in time and go inward and really, take time out. Right. Right. No, I completely agree with you. Um, the moon cycles, um, are a struggle for a lot of people. Um, but for me, because I've kept up with them for so long, I mean, maybe I've missed a few rituals here and there. Um, I can't even really count on my hand. I've always done something to at least acknowledge the moon phase and the change. Um, in the energy, um, even if I didn't do mm-hmm. a full out ritual for it. So there's always been something, even if it was just a prayer or something like that, if I couldn't mm. do much more than that. But um, the shift in the energy is um, very significant for me because um, when you are practicing witchcraft, um, paying attention to the cycles of the moon is actually quite empowering because you can work with the cycles of the moon to release things and actually bring things Mm -hmm. in, in a cycle. So within those, within those days that we're waiting for the moon to shift, we can either be releasing or bringing in something. And then the full cycle hits when the moon is full and then it begins again when the the moon is new. Um, So that's one of the reasons why I've always been, um, very adamant about mm. keeping track of that. I just bought myself a brand new journal <laughs> because mine is completely full now. <laughs> so I'm really excited to restart my my journey on this um, these full moon cycles and just you know really keep an eye on that. Um, it's just been really life changing when I really started to pay, pay attention because before I would yeah. just do them and I wouldn't pay attention. 
But in the last like couple years or so, I've mm-hmm. really been paying attention to all mm-hmm. the energies that have been surrounding me. And that's how I was able to notice about, you know, the the portals. I mean, that mm-hmm. Lionsgate portal was something else. That yeah. one was the yeah. one that really got me. So much. <laughs> it took me probably like a week and a half to like you know, Sirius is my like energy. one of our, the closest stars. I feel like Sirius is literally one of our best friends. And Sirians are so... Uh, magical and benevolent and yet so practical at the same time you know like so they they just um mm-hmm, they, they always mm-hmm. shower so much energy in into us and and yeah this is beautiful yeah it's amazing um this information has been so incredible um And I actually wanted to bring up Mm -hmm. a a quick topic really quickly because we kind of had this discussion before, but I I feel like um, I want to ask you about it because, um, so I've met maybe about four or five people who Mm -hmm. do the Akashic Records and I feel like every person who accessed them (laughs) does it so differently. Um, (laughs) And it's like, you know, would you say like the way that you learned really determined how you're able to access the Akashic records or did it just become more natural after you Mm -hmm. access them? Like what, because for me personally, um, everybody has their own little door and their room when I go in. And, um, I usually am very like schmoozy with the, (laughs) the bookkeeper, the record keeper. Um, and you know, just kind of like have a conversation and ask for these records to be handed Mm -hmm. over. It's kind of the way that I, I do it myself. Um, but what is your process and like, how did you come um, about it? So I know that for, um, that's how it happens for, for many, um, 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 uh, psychics is when they're in the middle of the reading and they need to access certain parts of the person's Akash, they would, you know, just be kind of either uh, they would enter the library or they would, the, the, the record keeper would come out and give them the book or hand that over to them. Um, it happened a little differently for me. And, and so I'm very glad you bring it up because as I talk to others, I can, I, you know, I, I realize how the process works for them. Because uh, I thought it worked the same way for everyone as it did for me. Mm-hmm. No, it doesn't. And you're like the probably like the fifth mm-hmm. person or so that I've spoken with. That's like, no, it, no, I, it, <laughs> I access it much differently. I don't even have to go in there. You know, um, for me, at least, um, it used to happen where I used to think every, uh, when I, when I was channeling, I would just see a butterfly or what I thought was a butterfly, but it was actually a book <laughs> that was opening up. Like, and eventually, oh, you nice. know, I started seeing the scrolls on the book. And then I realized, oh, this is a book. This is not just like, you know, it's not, a, it's a leaf of a book turning over. It's not a butter. Because every time that would happen, then I would be oh. just constantly speaking. And the, all the information would flow through. And mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. when I, when I started having my encounters with my spirit guides, and especially St. Germain and, and Lord Melchizedek, um, and then when I got my reverendship in the order of Melchizedek, what I was told is that, you are one of the record keepers and that's why you have access to the records. And I was like, that's when it really occurred to me that, that as a part of like, when I, when I went into my own Akash, I saw myself as a record keeper. So 
And then it kind of makes oh. sense why I always loved my books and writing and and things would flow through me when I was writing and I would always want to document things and every all the information that I received I would always kind of partition it and then organize it and and present it in a way that it kind of makes sense so it it just everything came together when when they took me on that journey in Mayakash and then they were like so you're welcome here whenever you need access and and then i was you know the gatekeeper i was introduced to the gatekeeper and then my specific akashic record guides that work with me and um so whenever i go i pass uh, you know i honor the gatekeeper pass through um ask for my guides to come and then usually they would go into the library um pull out a certain record of the soul and for me it's always been a very ritualistic process it's not just when i'm doing an akashic records reading i'm accessing like i'm asking for those records and then accessing the records very different from when i'm just you know doing a tarot reading and i'm pulling tarot cards even though at that point you know the information does come through from the akash but for me it's like bow down to the gatekeeper you know about onto my guides thank them give them mm-hmm. the specific mm-hmm. name the date and then start and 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 then they give it to me and they usually give me a corner to sit in and access the records but i'm still in the library when i'm accessing the records and then once i'm done i give the records back i come out of the library i come back to the plane that i'm in so so it's it's a very that's what oh. goes on in my vision when i'm accessing the akash and and then there's very specific information that comes through in the akash and it's always about the past so at that point when people are asking me about the future i'm like i'll get to it let me just give you all this that i'm getting first and then we'll get to the <laughs> yeah my people that that you know are you sure you want an akashic records reading because if you're looking for me to 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 you know predict or try to divinate the future or the probable future then you probably want a regular psychic reading because the akash is like your history and your geography <laughs> and and both on earth and mm-hmm. in the star mm-hmm. systems and your soul's you know uh, uh, energy centers of training and the archangels that you worked with and all of that other stuff that comes through and it's not you know uh, like very specific or question oriented although it does bring up it's 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 all the other interesting thing is that out of the millions of past lives that people have had it'll always bring up the past life that are pertinent to what's going on with the specific fears that they're dealing with or with the specific subconscious blocks they're dealing with so they're so specific and benevolent i just always like am in awe of and and so grateful for the information because it's such a big freaking book and they take me to the exact page and i'm like thank you because mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it's oh, it's only because you do that that i i can you know uh access this so i feel very very grateful to my kashi guides and i'm just you know i'm 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 yeah just very grateful to them And so you say you're like you know it's like all about like your geography where you came from and all these things. Um I have been able to access the Akashic records for not only and I'm sure you've mentioned the past life uh part of that but I can um access it for that but then I can also kind of access um choices and decisions mm-hmm. um in the future. Um and what the outcome will be if you choose, you know, version A versus 
version B, which was mm-hmm. completely mm-hmm. new to me. That actually kind of came um, right. <laughs> very, I was like, right. wow, yes. this is really interesting. It kind of like um, creates mm-hmm. a timeline that determines that if you pick one of these three timelines, you'll go in a specific direction. So yes, you're right about that. But it's like if someone just wants okay. to know every, like they don't want to know all of that. They just want to know what's going to happen next. Then I'm like, okay, this is a little different. <laughs> Right, right. I mean, I can see kind of like how the timeline works. And it's like this choice Mm -hmm. or this decision led to this. And it's I don't know if it's because my mind is very logical or the Mm -hmm. thought that I'm a Capricorn for those of you that don't know. So I have a lot of logical thought process. Um, But when I go into the Akashic Records, sometimes when I see those things, they Mm kind of look like pie charts for me Um, or like stick charts where I can see like, okay, so from this area came from came from this decision so if you continue on this path mm. this will happen kind of thing oh yeah um Absolutely. does that make sense yes it's just <laughs> and this is why it's, the, so, it's so important to clear um, the timelines i feel like like for people but it's so funny mm-hmm. because i feel so much resistance like people will come for multiple akashic records readings but when it comes time for clearing and they're all ready for it i always see resistance you know because you know there is like Oh, mm-hmm. this is going to change my life. Yes, but it's for the better. It's not going <laughs> to. Oh, I don't mind. Please I, I change just, my life. It's like, so strange. People have I have so no much problem resistance clearing, clearing that the Akash. Uh-huh. And after they do it, they're always, always, you know, happy about it. But, but there is, I always sense this resistance. And I'm like, we're just clearing the timeline so you can opt for a timeline that's better for you. You do not need to struggle through this. You know, just release that resistance mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. It, and it is the resistance that that stops them from clearing the timeline, right? So, it's it's such a catch twenty two, and and then I'm right. like, you know what? All in divine timing. Whenever the soul feels ready for that, is when the soul will be gifted that. Right, right. I hear you on that. Um, so I wanted to say once again, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I think that our, uh, the topic today was just amazing. Like this was so informative and super interesting. And like, seriously, anyone who's listening to this right now, they're going to be blown away by all the information that you've given. And I just want to thank you, uh, for that. And um, I just want to take some time and appreciate your skills and your knowledge that, you know, you brought on the show today. So thank you so (laughs) much for this experience. I really appreciate you and uh, the powerful being you are and uh, for for doing this to bring awareness to people and for for allowing uh, us to share our gifts. Yeah. This is amazing. Um, So, okay. Mm -hmm. So like, let's wrap this up, right? So let's wrap up the show. If you want to get in touch with my hair, you can actually visit uh, www.firebearerwellness.com. There you can book appointments with her. You can see more about her lineage, where she comes from, what she does, um, and get in contact with her through there. Um, so, and then also my hair will be added to our trusted spiritual professionals on the love nature and beyond podcast, which is at, uh, www.lovenatureandbeyond.com slash trusted 
dash referrals. Um, and then if you would like more information about what my hair does, it will all be right there. If you forget her <laughs> website, don't worry. It will be up and active by the time you're listening to this. Um, so I just want to, again, thank you again, my hair for everything. Um, this has been so incredible. I just, I, I love like this experience with you. Thank you. You are so welcome. So welcome. So thank you everybody for listening to the LNB podcast. This is your host, Lilith Kalisa Silvercrow. And as always, stay blessed. And I look forward to sharing with you again. Bye.